Amen. Good morning, everyone. Everyone having a good Sunday so far? You woke up, the sun was shining, the wind was blowing. Ruben and I yesterday were not big into science, and we were thinking, how does wind happen? What causes wind? Why does wind exist? <laughs> um, maybe some of you know, maybe that's a silly question, but um, all you scientists out there, you get it. But I was thinking this week, how crazy is it that we are in July already? We're already at the end of July. Um, my sister's birthday is in July, and actually my daughter Jade's birthday is in July. She just turned one a couple weeks ago. And where did time go? I don't know if it, if it feels like that to you, but, but we're already halfway through the year. I'm sure some of you are like 2020 could have ended by January. Um, <laughs> but time has just flown by, and I was always thinking about this concept of time and how it just flies by sometimes. I was thinking about how um, oftentimes I'll, I'll get in the car and, and I have a destination, right? I'm driving and I'm, I'm in the car and I have a place that I want to get to. Uh, and next thing, I open my eyes and, and one of two things will happen, right? So I get in the car, I'm on autopilot, don't judge me. Um, but throughout the week, I, I work at the Lisbon Project um, and uh, oftentimes I'll leave Jade with one of her many Jaders, usually they're in the Kashkaj area. And so I'll be here and I'm working and I'm working and I'm working till finally somebody say, Gabby, you really have to go. You need to go pick up Jade um, or you'll catch some traffic. And so I rush out of the Lisbon Project, I get in the car, but I haven't quite finished all my emails and all the things that I wanted to do. And so don't judge me, but I'll get my phone out and this is the time where from the Lisbon Project till the place that I want to get to, um, I'll be writing some emails, I'll be sending some voice messages to the team, I'll be making some calls, I'll be finishing off some projects, I'll be thinking about things that I want to do and the meetings that I have prepared for the day after and I have lots of reminders. I don't know if I'm the only one or some of you can identify with me. Um, but the, the reality is that one of two things will happen. Suddenly, I'll realize that I'm parking the car and I have no idea how I got there. <laughs> Just by the grace of God, I will have arrived at my destination. Or two, I will suddenly realize that I've been driving for a lot longer than I was meant to because I've been so carried away in my thoughts that I completely missed the exit. I completely missed the turn of where I was supposed to go. And in either of these two scenarios, the question will be the same that I'll ask myself. How did I get here? <laughs> I've been so carried away in my thoughts that I, I have no idea how I got here. And you don't have to be driving for that. You can be walking, listening to some podcasts, sending some messages, and the same thing can happen to you. But worse than being the driver in this situation is driving behind this kind of driver. Have any of you ever driven behind somebody who's busy doing something other than driving? <laughs> it's absolutely infuriating. It's, it's, it's irritating. They're unstable. They're reckless. I mean, one moment they're going really slow, and then you decide, okay, I'm gonna overtake this slow driver that's busy doing other things. And as you try to overtake, all of a sudden they speed up. They're unstable. Move away from the unstable driver. Or you're busy in your own lane, doing your own thing, minding your own business. Meanwhile, they're swerving from lane to lane because they're, they're trying to look at their phone and drive at the same time and failing miserably. <laughs> and so they're going from lane to lane and they're unstable. And uh, three weeks ago about, we, we got a new car. And before we got this new car, um, I think it was like the day before, uh, I asked Ruben, I wonder 
what the horn of our new car will be like. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't have road rage. That's not me. That's more Ruben over here. <laughs> but I do believe in the power of communication. And I think that the horn in a car is such an effective tool of communication that I, I use it maybe more often than not. I, I remember when I went to Mumbai in India, and it was just the beautiful sound of drivers communicating to each other just 24-7. <laughs> but I think that God is trying to teach me something because we, we got the car, but our tool of communication in our new car is just embarrassing. That's like the one thing I don't like about this new car is this horn. And so it's been three weeks. I haven't honked once. It's a personal record for me. Um, but, but these unstable drivers, I can't communicate so effectively to them now. And, and while, I am, while I get irritated with these unstable drivers, I recognize that sometimes I am them. Sometimes I am the unstable driver that at some moment realizes, opens my eyes and realizes and asks myself the question, how did I get here? I had a purpose. I had a destination. I had a place that I wanted to get here, to, to get to, but suddenly I got so sidetracked. And just go with me here in this metaphor. I had a purpose of something I wanted to do with my life, something that I wanted to do. I, I wanted to put God in the center of my life, but suddenly I got a notification on my phone that for some reason I just have to look at. And I was going to put God at the center of my life, and I was going to put him first in everything that I do, but, but suddenly work starts demanding more of my time, and I, I, start, I start having to work weekends, and I start having to work overtime, and I was going to put the God at the center of my life, but, but suddenly my relationships start demanding more of me, and relationships that I can't fully nurture just because of how stressed out I've been feeling lately, and, and then I try to use the little time that I have to relax, and I, and, I, and I go home at the end of the day, and I sit on the couch to watch a Netflix show that at the end of the day just adds nothing to my life. And suddenly I'm asking myself the question, we're halfway through the year and how did I get here? I know that I was busy, I know that I was doing something, but, but how did I get here? What have I been doing? And this word was popping out to me this week, instability. And so as a good preacher does, I Googled it and I looked up what's the meaning of instability. And this is what I found. Ready? Profound. The state of being unstable. <laughs> Who knew dictionaries could be so useful? <laughs> Don't you hate when that happens? But because I'm not quite the brightest crayon in the box, I decided to Google something else. So I Googled unstable. And this is what I found. Oh no, I Googled the word stable, and that's where I found something quite different. I Googled the word stable, and I found that it means steady in purpose, firm in resolution. And it dawned on me that all too often, as Christians, we lead lives that are characterized by instability because we lose sight of our purpose. At the beginning of each year, at the beginning of 2020, I know we certainly did that. We always preach about the coming year and all the amazing things that God wants to do in and through our lives. And so many times we have these amazing moments where we realign ourselves with our purpose in Christ. And we heed to the command of Jesus to seek first the kingdom of God and everything shall be added. 
oh God, this year, this is going to be the year where I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. I'm not going to worry about everything else. God, you have that taken care of. I'm not going to be worried about what I'm going to eat and what I'm going to drink and what I'm going to wear. No, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God in everything I do. But suddenly a notification pops up. But suddenly we get so sidetracked by, by all this stuff. We get so distracted by, by people and projects and problems that we forget all about our purpose. And next thing, we're in July and we're asking ourselves, how did I get here? And we're starting a new message series today called Summer of Psalms. And we'll be looking at different psalms in the Bible throughout the next few weeks and what they mean and, and what God wants to speak to us. And uh, I don't know if Pedro knew that I was preaching about Psalm 139, but um, that wasn't planned. And he just, he just read Psalm 139 before the service, as the service was starting. But that's what I'm going to speak about today. And, and scholars believe that David wrote this psalm when he was being crowned king over all of Israel. Now, can you imagine what, what David was thinking in that moment? Can you imagine what David was feeling that day? David was just a shepherd boy. David, who, who had been anointed when he was maybe 10 to 15 years old, maybe younger. Can you imagine him thinking of the things that he had been through with God and the highs and the lows in his life? And, and here he is being anointed king over all of Israel. And because we know that David was human, we know that David was imperfect. And so we know that, that he hadn't always made all the right decisions. He hadn't always made all the right choices. He hadn't always put God first in his life. And yet here he is being crowned king over all of Israel. And I can imagine him thinking, how did I get here? How did I get here? And well, by the grace of God. And so David begins this psalm by saying, Lord, you have searched me. And you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your, right, your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you and the night will shine like the day for the darkness is as light to you. David points to the omniscient an omnipresence of God. That no matter where you have been, no matter what you have done in your life, no matter the highs, no matter the lows, no matter how apathetic you have become to God and to his kingdom, no matter how complacent you have been, no matter how disobedient you have been, no matter how committed you have been, wherever you have been, God has been there. God has been and he is with you. His hand ready to guide you. His right hand holding you close. And I'm not just talking about the first part of 2020. I'm talking about your life. In every moment, God has been there. There's a song that is called Reckless Love. And, and 
this week I was thinking about it and, and on Thursday I was watching a video of the author describing why he, why he wrote the song and what he means by God's love being reckless. And, and he was describing, I think his name is Corey Asbury, and he was describing, no, I don't mean reckless in, the, in a destructive sense. No, God's love is reckless in that it just never quits. It never gives up. It's overwhelming. It's unending. It fights for us. It's reckless in the sense that it's just always patient. It's always ready to forgive. In our human standards, it reaches the point of being ridiculous because it's so self-giving to the point that he would sacrifice his own son, hurting himself, bringing pain upon himself for our benefit. His love is reckless. It's unending. It's unfailing. No matter where you've been, God has been there. And I, I've heard people say when they suddenly realize, how did I get here? They realize, no, I need to, I need to go back to church. I need to realign myself with, with my purpose in God. I need to go back and find God again. But the Bible says, the God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. So while church may be a great place for you to come and learn, while church may be a great place for us to worship together, God is not confined to this place. He has been with you every morning that you've woken up, and he's been with you every evening that you've gone to sleep. His grace has blessed us with gifts that we did not earn, and his mercy has protected us from the things that we actually deserved. God has been with you. And as we ask ourselves the question, how did I get here? And all the things that have happened in my life, how did I get here? In one sense, we can be very filled with gratitude. Because believe me, if it were up to me and if it were up to you, things could have gone real different in our lives. And so often when I, when I find myself parking the car and I've been busy doing all kinds of things and I realize, whoa, how did I get here? I start thinking, man, I don't remember driving here. I don't remember if there was cars nearly crashing into me. I don't remember if I ran a red light. I don't remember if I ran a stop sign. I was just so busy. And in one sense, I can be so filled with gratitude. God, thank you. By the grace of God, I've arrived safely. And just a disclaimer, I don't do that when Jade's in the car. It's just a self-destructive thing. But by the grace of God, he is with you. And then in verse 13, after recognizing and declaring how nothing can separate us from the love of God, David makes it even more personal as he realigns himself with the purpose that he has in God. He prays, for you have created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And by this prayer and through this scripture, we understand that, that we're not here because some particles got together and accidentally resulted in us. We're not here by some uh, 
illogical exception to nature that, that, that nothing created something. No, we're here because God intended each and every one of us to be here. We have a reason to live. We have a reason to exist. We have a reason to be because God formed us when we were in our mother's womb. Before your parents even dreamt of the thought of your name, God knew you. God knew you. Let's just dwell in that for a moment. God knows you. He intended you. You're not here by some crazy chance. You're not here just to survive day to day. You're not here just to live each day making the most of it, trying to make the best out of what you, the, the cards that you've been dealt with. No, you're here because God wanted you. God formed you. God knows you. I find it incredible. Before Angel even knew what rhythm was, before Pedro even knew what a guitar was, God knew them by name and he knew that they would be singing and playing worship to him. How beautiful is that? Before you even know how to say your first words or, or take your first steps, Alana, God knew that he had a purpose and he had a plan for your life. He knew every day. He knew every step. He knew every feeling. He knew every thought. He knew every dream. God knows you. He knows you by name. He found us worth creating. Why? Some theologians back in the 17th century, they put it, in a really good way, I believe. The chief end of man, they said. The purpose of me and you, the purpose of mankind, is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Our purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And we're going to look at Psalm 67. We're going to unpack that a little bit. Psalm 67 verse 1 says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. There's a beautiful song now. It's called The Blessing, and it's all about how we are, how we get to enjoy God. We get to enjoy the goodness of God, the freedom from our guilt, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the hope of eternal life. We enjoy him through his gifts in our family and our friendships, through music, through arts, through our different gifts that we've been given. In nature, we enjoy him. We enjoy his faithfulness his power, his wisdom, his healing. We get to enjoy an almighty, majestic creator. And when we accept the greatest blessing of all, the salvation through Jesus Christ, it is to be enjoyed. After all, Jesus said in John 10, verse 10, I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. But if you've been here for any period of time at Riverside, y'all know that I am a fan of so that's in the Bible. If we stopped there, if we stopped at verse 1, then our purpose would be selfish. 
Our faith would be self-seeking. It would be self-serving. It would be narcissistic. It would be all about me, 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 and what I can get from God. And so we have to continue reading in that song. Remember, our purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And so we keep reading in Psalm 67. It says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. May we enjoy his goodness so that, so that, your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all the nations. And so here the blessings of God for our enjoyment are meant for a much wider, a much deeper, a much grander purpose. So that God's character and his love may be known throughout all the earth. So that as I enjoy God's peace, others may see the peace that characterizes God. So that as I enjoy my confidence in Christ of who I am, others may see that and be influenced to come and to worship a God who meant so much more for them. So that as I enjoy the healing of God in my life, it may be a testimony to a God who is not limited to human nature, but he is God of the impossible as we enjoy him so that the nations may worship him. Dr. Dennis Hollinger, he puts it this way, we follow a God who wants the very best for us in life and desires that we experience joy and peace, hope and meaning. But it is equally clear that we cannot stop there. For the enjoyment of God is not for our own self-centeredness. The enjoyment of God always has a larger vision in mind that God's name may be honored and praised. And so maybe some of us this morning, maybe we've lost track. And I'll be the first one to admit that in the same way that I painted this picture of me driving and trying to multitask and, and getting so busy and sidetracked from what my purpose was actually to drive, I'll be the first one to admit that so often I get distracted from my purpose. That so often I get distracted with people and projects and problems in my day-to-day -day life that I forget that my chief purpose in this life is to glorify and to enjoy God forever in everything that I do. To have him at the center of my relationships, to have him at the center of my problems, to have him at the center as the goal of my projects, that is my purpose. And yet, so often we're trying to, we're trying to live our lives as Christians and we're trying to worship him and, and at the same time our notifications pop up. And we're trying to put church first, but at the same time we're writing these emails about our work. And, and we're trying to invest in our relationships and be a godly friend that is there for, for others. But, but we're so busy with our own problems and, and with all these things going on in our lives that, that we're busy, busy, busy. But at the end of the day, we ask ourselves, how did I get here? What have I been doing with my life? What have I been doing this week just flew by? And, and how did I glorify God? How did I enjoy him? How did I let him speak to me? How did I let him transform my heart? We have a purpose. God knew my unformed body, that I might live for him, that I might live in relationship with him, be loved by him, and worship him with my life. And then suddenly David takes, takes a a 180 turn in his prayer. He goes from this beautiful, poetic sound 
to just sounding extremely irritated and angry. And this is what he says to God. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. Talk about a change in tone here. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Sounds angry. Doesn't sound very happy here. Doesn't sound very poetic all of a sudden. But how many times don't we do that? And I'm going to explain how we do that. This past week, I think it was Thursday or Friday, um, Ruben and I decided to take Jay to the park, and the park is like two minutes from our house. And so I get in the car, and I, I'm driving, and, um, and suddenly I get carried away in my thoughts, and I start to think, okay, um, who's going to take care of Jay today, and how are we going to work, and what time, and what are we going to do for lunch, and all these different things that are going through my mind. And next thing I realize, I open my eyes, and I realize, where am I? How did I get here? And Reuben just calmly replies, oh, yeah, you missed the turn. It was right up there. And immediately I thought. I didn't say it because I'm a self-controlled spouse. But I thought, why didn't you say anything? If you knew the way, if you know, knew where we were going and you knew that I was missing the turn, you just kept quiet until I said something. And how often don't we do that? How often don't we do that? We, we find ourselves asking the question, how did we get here? And all of a sudden, our mind starts running and our mouth starts speaking as we're trying to blame the shift on everything and everybody else for the reason why we are at where we're at. Oh, God, I, I was going to put you first. God, I was going to live for you, and, and I was going to put you first in everything that I do. I was going to come to church. I was going to start a Bible study. I was going to do a one-year plan on my Bible, and I was going to get into the Scripture, and I was going to let you, let you speak into my life, and I was going to be free for you to use me. But, but then COVID happened. COVID happened and it completely shifted everything in my life and it, and it shifted my work environment and it shifted my finances and it shifted everything. I hate this virus and I hate these masks and I hate everything about it. COVID, God, if you would just deal with this COVID, then I could worship you. Then I could surrender and I could, I could be fully used by you. Let me, let me tell you something. If it wasn't COVID, it would have been something else. Or, or we, we realize, God, how did I get here? And all of a sudden, we start, we start shifting the blame onto our relationships. Oh, it's my family. My family just doesn't understand me. My family just doesn't support me. Or it's my spouse who's just irritating and nagging and doesn't leave me alone. If only I had another spouse. Or it's my friends. My friends just, they don't get me. And they're, and they're just demanding so much from me. And it's just not fair. Oh, God, if you would just deal with them, then I, then I could put you first. But I want to tell you and I want to tell myself this morning that while it is good for us to open up our hearts to God and to share our feelings and share everything about us with God and to confide in friends around us, at some point we have to ask ourselves, am I just shifting the responsibility of how I feel and where my life is at on everybody else and on everything else? At some point, we have to turn the page like David did. He goes from shifting the blame and, and, and blaming everybody else and, and putting responsibility on everybody else. And all of a sudden, he, he prays the most beautiful, the most humble prayer. This is what he says to God as he turns the page. He says, but search me, God. 
and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is a hard prayer to pray. It takes an extremely humble heart to pray this prayer. How did I get here? Maybe today you are feeling lost. Maybe today you're feeling anxious. Maybe you have some resentment in your heart. Maybe you're feeling all sorts of complacent and apathetic and, and angry or irritated or frustrated. And I dare you to pray this prayer. God, search me. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. God, what, what have I been letting into my life that there just simply is no room for your peace? There just simply is no room for you to work because I, I let everything in and then I blame everybody else on what's happening in my own mind and what's happening in my own heart. What have I been feeding my soul and my spirit? How have I neglected your word in my life, God? How have I neglected my purpose and by doing so, I put others at risk? You see, when, when, when you visualize this unstable driver that is just going from lane to lane and swerving from one side to the other because they're busy doing everything other than driving, they put everybody else at risk. And don't we do that with our own lives? When we shift ourselves from our purpose in Christ, we start bringing hurt and pain into other people's lives because we're doing everything that we shouldn't. And today, I want, us to, I want us to realign ourselves. I want us to ask ourselves this question again. God, search me. God, will you, will you know me? God, will you test my own heart? I want to invite the worship band to come up. And this morning is just a wake-up call for all of us. It's a wake-up call for you, and it's a, it's a wake-up call for me. And firstly, I want to tell you that whether you are a Christian or you're not a Christian, whether you, you think yourself a good Christian or a bad Christian, not that any of those exist, I want to tell you that God has been there. God has been in your life. God has been by your side. God has been there with you. And God is there. You don't need to come to church to find God. God has found you already. God is knocking. The Bible says that Jesus knocks at the door waiting for us to let him in. But the moment you let him in, he's not going anywhere. He is there for you. And secondly, I, I want us to, to realign ourselves with our purpose in God. Our purpose to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. In everything that we do, may that be our goal. There is so much goodness in God to enjoy. All things good. He is all things beautiful. He is, he is all things splendid and wonderful. And there is so much goodness to enjoy of God. But so that, so that others may come to honor him and praise him through our witness. And lastly, this morning is a time for us to examine our hearts and stop shifting the blame. 
Stop shifting the blame on our past or on people who hurt us or on people who wronged us or on people that are, are, are doing all sorts of things and just being imperfect as human, humans are. It's time to take responsibility ourselves of where we're at in our lives. And God, what do you want to change in me? What do you want to teach me? How do you want to guide me? I'm taking responsibility. I'm taking ownership today for my actions, for my feelings, for my thoughts. It's a hard prayer to pray. It takes a humble heart to pray this prayer. But may we come to God in all honesty, in all authenticity. God, search me. My heart is open. My heart is an open space for you to come, for you to move, for you to speak, for you to operate. Open heart surgery this morning. They're not nice, but they're for our good. Dear Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts. Continue moving in our lives, Lord. God, I pray for all of us who have gotten sidetracked by the people and the projects and the problems that we've forgotten about our purpose. God, I pray for all of us who, who so easily get distracted and we just live one day to the next being busy but, but with no intention, but with no intimacy with you. God, I pray that you work in our hearts and that you, you draw us close to your heart. Draw us close to you so that we may see you move. See you move in our relationships. See you move in our employment. See you move in our resources. See you move in our personal thoughts. God, we want to see transformation, but for that we have to humble ourselves and realign ourselves. Thank you that you haven't given up. Thank you that your love, it leaves the 99 and it comes searching for the one that is lost. God, we thank you. Thank you that you never give up despite our mistakes, despite the way we mess up. Time and time again, we thank you for your patience. Lord, we come to you because we want you. We want you to move. Jesus' name, I pray that you will speak to us.